Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Born to Talk radio show podcast. My guest today is Heather Hansen. Welcome to the show, Heather. Hi, Marcia. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. Oh, I'm I'm really, really excited to have you with me. And for those of you listening, Heather has just released her first children's book. The title is No Ants, Please. Congratulations, Heather. I think that is just awesome that you've written your first book. That's really great. Wow. So Thank you. let's get to know you because I know a little bit about you, but not a lot. So how about if you just tell our listeners about yourself, please? Well, I grew up in Tatchby, California. I was born and raised here. My family used to own a little ostrich ranch here. Um, I've been with my husband since we were in high school. We have two kids together, a five-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter. Um, I was a preschool teacher for many years, and now I've gone back to college to get my credentials to become an elementary school teacher and I'm just enjoying being home with my kids and homeschooling them. That is so cool. Wait a minute. So did I? Okay, so Tehachapi, for people that are not familiar with where that's located, give us a reference point to where Tehachapi, California is. It's about two hours, give or take, north of Los Angeles. Okie dokie. So... You, uh, you, you, you divulged something about yourself I didn't know, which is so cool. Which is, you said that your parents owned an ostrich ranch. Now, most of our parents yes. have not done that, Heather. So I don't even know what that's like. To, to, what was that like, Heather? Come on. It was a lot of fun. It was definitely interesting. My brother and I were right there with my parents as they were giving tours to schools and to different tour buses and everything. So we were right there learning along with them about all the animals on the farm and the ostriches and all that. It was great. It was a good experience. Well, that takes me to what now even makes more sense to me, which is how we met initially. Tell, Tell everybody how it is you and I came to know each other. So I started a group called Bird Brains on Facebook Um, a little after my son turned a year old. I got really into birding, and I started this group, and you were one of the first people to join it, and after that, we just kind of hit it off with a mutual hobby. Oh, my gosh. Isn't it something about birds? I mean, bird brains. You know, that can take on, So I mean, sometimes you hear that word, it's like, oh, what a bird brain, meaning, oh, you're, you're, you're so silly, or you're not very smart, or whatever you might want to think bird brains mean. But to you and I, it was, an, it was a mutual, like, whoa, I love birds. And we're talking about, you started that, like, almost four years ago, right? Yes. Yep. Oh, my gosh. It's funny how social media, I know that many people have this feeling that social media is like um, a time suck and a waste of time and it's nothing positive. I just I just tend to look at the bright side of life, kind of like that song from Spamalot, always look at the bright side of life. <laughs> I think that social media can be used for something positive because here we are two people that don't know each other and who would have ever thought four years later because at that point when I met you I was already I was already doing my radio show I was in the studio I wasn't podcasting but I have had a love of birds for so long and I have folders and folders and folders on all kinds of birds from the crows to the cooper's hawks to you name it in between yep. and it's just I just love them too and you probably see all kinds of birds where you live that I probably don't see where I live but it it was a mutual 
um, connection, and it explains to me a little bit about your book, which is really sort of funny, because you've written this book called No Ants, Please, and I thought you could tell us what inspired you to write this book. Well, definitely growing up on the ostrich ranch has a huge to do with it. Um, And my dad and his side of the family are from South Africa, so there is definitely no way I couldn't write a book about ostriches in Africa. Yeah, your dad is from South Africa, and I remember us talking about that because I would just say this as I I depart from what we were going to talk about, which is, I know we can't travel now, and that that is probably one of the greatest losses that I've had besides the fact that I'm a very social person and I would love to come and see you. I, I, I miss that. But for those people that can travel, and I be, you have been to South Africa, Africa, haven't you? I have not. No. Oh, gosh. Well, it must be on your bucket list, I am certain. Because Definitely. Oh, my gosh, it is life-altering, life-changing. It is one of the most positive experiences that I have traveled anywhere in the world. And someday I just need to have a conversation with your dad about about that because it really is. Oh, it's just a remarkable, remarkable. Where where in South Africa was did he live? Do you know? You remember? Uh, he lived in a couple different places, but Durban was one of them. Okay, terrific. Well, I can see now where between the ostrich ranch, how, how just out of curiosity, because I've never been to an ostrich ranch, how many ostriches would live on the ranch at any given time when you were growing up? You know, I don't know the actual number, but probably anywhere uh-huh. from between anywhere from 10 to 40 ostriches. Um, we oh. have adult ones. We would breed them there. We had the eggs in the incubators. The, we helped the babies hatch. I remember sitting, just being two years old, sitting around with the baby ostriches running around us. So it was a good experience. Well, for those of us that don't know a whole lot about ostriches, so once they've laid their ostrich egg, and they're really big, aren't they? Very big. How long does it take? Does does the female sit on that egg the whole time? So they, from what I remember us doing about it, the females would sit on the egg for a little bit, um, and then my dad would go in there and he would get the eggs, and then we would put them in the incubators. We had a special room for that, and mm-hmm. we would watch them, make sure everything was going correctly, and then as they were hatching, he'd make sure that they were hatching correctly, and then my parents would put them in smaller pens until they got old enough to be out in the bigger yards. And how long does it take to do you? I, I'm asking you questions that you may not know the I, answer. You may know, not remember. I don't do you, know. I don't know how long it would take. Oh, for the I'm going to have to Google that. I'm, I'm, somebody's listening, <laughs> going, Well, I can both. tell you. I can tell you. Oh, gosh. Do you know? Oh, my gosh. This is just. Um, this is just remarkable. All right, so about your book. It First of all, I have posted the cover of your book um, on social media. You did not illustrate this book, correct? No, my illustrator is in Poland, and his name is Alexander Jasinski, and he's absolutely fabulous, and his illustrations are remarkable, and he's been a complete joy to work with. How did you connect with a man that lives in Poland <laughs> to do your illustrations. <laughs> um, that must be a story. So, yeah, my um, editor, Vicki Weber, she uh, emailed me one time to um, show me different artwork that different illustrators did, and she told me to go ahead and pick a couple uh, illustrators and decide which one fit the tone of my book. And so I messaged him, and he responded right away, and it took off from there. Wow. Was that difficult? I I would think that would be a little bit challenging. Was it a little bit challenging to do that? To get it all started, yes. I had no idea what to do or where to begin. So one day I posted on this um, children's author group, and my editor replied, and she was just a wealth of information, and we hit it off right away. And that night she edited my book, and it kind of took off from there, and she's guided me through the whole process, and it just kind of flowed after that. Wow. 
That's really something. So let's talk about the book. Let, let, let tell us tell us a story about about Benny the ostrich. Well, he's a little ostrich who's tired of eating the same thing every day, and he wants to try something <laughs> new. So he finds himself on an adventure through the wilds of Africa, discovering new foods, new animals, and what they eat. And he sort of ends up biting off a little bit more than he can chew. Hmm. And so, um, what were what were some who were some of the the animals that he met along the way? The first animal he meets is an anteater. And he tries the ants, and that's where our title comes in. And he decides he never wants to try those ants again. But after that, he goes on meeting an elephant, meeting a giraffe, and then lastly, he meets the crocodile. Now, because I haven't read your book, so I do apologize, do um, all of these eaters in the book, because I'm looking at the picture of the anteater, which I I've seen in person and they are an incredible animal to see personally. I have seen the giraffes in Africa. I have seen the um crocodiles in Africa. Did your animals all have names? They do not know. Hmm. Interesting. Well, they're sure adorable. And so you <laughs> wrote you. all the text that you wrote all the text yeah. and then and then your illustrator took those words and simply brought the text to life through through his illustrations. Yes, so first I sent it to my editor and she edited it um it can take a couple times usually but she once she went over it the first time she was like I think you're ready for the illustrator. So then we got in contact with Alexander Jasinski and he began to do the illustrations, and that was one of the best parts is waking up every morning and seeing a new illustration that he did and watching Benny and the whole story just really come to life. That was wonderful. Does he speak English? Yes. He does. So did you actually communicate with him via Zoom or Skype? or How did, how did you communicate no, with him? It was all on just through Facebook and email. Really? So he has a Facebook page? Yes. Okay. You want to spell his last name for our listeners? Um, yes, just one moment because I don't want to get it wrong, so let me get it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you ready? So the last name is Jasinski, J-A-S-I-N-S-K-I. Pretty simple, Jasinski. Uh, my husband was Polish. I understand those names, and I understand that food. And I'm going to have to check him out and follow him also on on uh, knowing a little bit more about him because you didn't you didn't give him any direction, did you? I mean, you didn't say, you know, no. I want this. No, but you but 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 because you're because you worked with um, your. Um, what, what what would you call your friend that you worked with? What was what would be her title? The editor. The editor, right? So with your editor and her name was I should have written that down Vicky the first Weber. time. Vicky. Vicky Weber. Yes. Okay, so because of Vicky, that was that was sort of the the connector, right? I mean, you know, I talk about connections all the time. Conversations, connections equals community. In some ways, we could almost say that that applied to you. So thanks to Vicky. Definitely. Thanks to Vicky, yeah, you know, you were able to connect to Alexander and that's that's really um that's really terrific. Um if I did you always think that you would write a children's book? I mean, was that something that was just sort of brewing in you? I've always wanted to. Yeah, um I wrote this one actually years and years ago and I kind of just had it filed away in my desk and on the computer thinking that maybe one day I'd get it published. Um I tried doing it through the traditional way of writing a query and sending it off to publishers. Um but there unfortunately there's a lot of um scam businesses out there so you have to be really careful of it. Um and I thought it happened to me. I almost got it um taken away from me actually. So oh, uh, after that I kind of just filed it away and I was like maybe one day I'll get it and I saw that post on Facebook one day and 
that kind of was the Kickstarter, and it got it all started for me. So nice. What was your What was your process? I mean, for some people, you know, they they they. You said that you wrote this years ago. When and when you wrote it years ago, I'm just curious because sometimes I'll look back. I would, to just today. Today is a perfect example. Before I started actually hosting the radio show. I wrote a blog three days a week for about a year and a half, way back in, I don't know, 2013. I, didn't, I, had, I haven't visited those blogs in such a long time. And I was looking at them and I was going, whoa, I can't believe you actually wrote that. That was, that was really good. Where did you get, how did you even do that? Where did you get your inspiration, Marsha? And I, I think I just started, I'm, I'm sure I was in front of the computer. I don't think I was doing this longhand. Tell, tell us about yourself. Did you just go to the computer and just start writing? What did you do? No, I had a little notebook, and I kind of just always had the idea in my head, and one day I decided to write it down, and I wrote it down, and then that was it. And when I reread it right before I um, sent it to the editor, there was only a couple things I changed in it. Um, so I, the way I wrote it from original to now is not much different, and it all started just with a pen and paper. That's so interesting. When you were growing up on the ranch, did mm-hmm. – did, I don't know. I don't know a lot about um, ostriches, obviously, because I keep asking all these questions. Do ostriches live a long time? Did they stay? Did they? Do they live a long time? About average of any other bird or animal, yeah, just a typical age limit. Um, but no, I don't know the exact years. But I mean, five, six, eight, ten. I, I, I mean, do do you have a ballpark? Yeah, I would assume about uh, anywhere from 10 to 15 years, somewhere around there. Uh-huh. I see. Wow, that's so when you were little and you had these ostriches, did you talk to them? Did you sort of interplay with them in some ways? Do you think your book was formulating at a very young age? Oh, I'm sure it was. I had thought about the story when I was very little, so I'm sure it was. Um, like I said, we used to sit around with the baby ostriches and play with them. Um, we have pictures of us riding the ostriches, so we were around them constantly. You rode them? <laughs> yes. Wow. What was that like? Exciting. I loved doing it. Um we would. Uh, my dad used to put a sock over their eyes so that they couldn't see, so they wouldn't be afraid while he was putting us on them. And then he would just kind of hold on to them, and we would just ride them around the little paddock. Would some? Would there ever be an ostrich that would like not want to be ridden because they're we, just afraid? We or? did have one ostrich. Yeah, we did have one ostrich. His name was Oscar, and I remember him because I was terrified of him. He was not very friendly. Um, he actually kicked my dad in the stomach really hard one time. But, Ooh. yeah, we knew we were never allowed to go near him. But all the other ostriches were very friendly. Um, the people, um, when they were doing the tours, would come up, and they were able to touch them and pet them, feed them, all that. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? But so you do remember that one sort of not good experience. Yeah, <laughs> that was a no-go. You're not allowed near that one. Just out of curiosity, I'm 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 veering off of this for just a minute, but I'm I am curious to know. Have you heard of a place, and I don't know how where it is in relationship to you, called the Gentle Barn? No, I've never heard of it. Okay, well we'll talk about that because I had the the um, owner and founder of the Gentle Barn, um, Ellie Lax, on my show back in June, and they rescue animals. They as they rescue um, farm animals. They rescue. They don't just you know like rescue dogs and cats, although that happens sometimes. Right. They're more apt to re- uh, rescue turkeys and goats and ga- cows and all kinds of interesting things. I think you'd probably find her very interesting. I'd like to connect you with her. Um, yeah, that would be back wonderful. To, yeah, really. I think I think you would find that you you are kindred spirits. Um, but I, I'm just trying to imagine what it would be like. To be because these animals are not small, are they? These are these 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 guys are no. big when they're full right. grown, aren't they? Very big. Yeah. But you weren't you weren't fearful because you 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 
they were just part of what you did. They were you know, they were on your they property. They were part of our everyday lives. Yeah, they were they were our pets. So. Wow. Do you remember what they ate? Uh, just Brand, grains, I guess, huh? different grains that yeah. we would feed them. Yeah, um, they're actually um, not very picky animals. They're like Benny. He was willing to try everything in the book. Um, uh-huh. That's exactly how they are. They are willing to try any little thing you have in front of you. And if you wore jewelry, you had to be careful because they love shiny objects. So. Oh, funny. They're definitely not timid. Wow, that's interesting. So, in writing the book, because it sounds like. It sounds like you already had a concept. Now, mm-hmm. did the fact that you also have two young children, did that play a part in bringing this to life for you because you knew that this would be something that you could enjoy with your children? Oh, yeah, especially after I had kids. I, I really wanted to get my books published. Um, and then being a preschool teacher for so long, I love the idea of them being able to read my books as well. Um, so right. that definitely played a part. I bet. And, you know, my, my kids are in their 40s, um, so I've it's been a long time since I've read to them, and they each have fur babies, so I'm not reading to their cats and dogs. <laughs> but I can remember what it felt like being a mom, like you, and reading to my kids. That was That was a really... I still have green eggs and ham in my attic somewhere. <laughs> Good night, moon. I have that in my attic somewhere. Richard Scarry, he was a he was an author that that just drew and Bernstein's Bears and all of these different books. Listen, yep. I still have my I still have my Bobsy Twin books in the attic. But please, I'm sure you've never heard of them. Um, that's when I was a kid. But I think there's something to be said with sitting with a child and reading them. I'm sure that's something you do in preschool, right? Oh, definitely, every single day. Right, yep. I'm sure. We the kids every day. We read to the class every day um, when I was working there, and then my mom read to us every night. It was just part of our lives growing up and raising our kids. We read all the time. Right. I think I think you're not the first um child author that I've um had on my show and I really should link you to some of these other women because um I think that um there's a lot of potential um out there for you to be connected to other women that also write. Um Sally Huss is one of them that just comes to my mind. She's written over 100 children's books. She actually does mm-hmm. her own illustrations. But I I really find that when I talk to people like you and Sally and others, that there is so much to be gained, not just from the child, because the child gains something. There's no doubt about that. And they want to hear it over and over again. And then I used to pretend when, when, when my son Dave and I'd be reading him green eggs and ham, and the next thing I know it's like, oh, he's reading it. And it's like, no, yep. he's not. He's memorized every single memorized word it. because he's he's heard it a gazillion times. And I'm thinking, That's oh, my God, son. I've got to, you know, don't you find that your kids, after they've heard it, that they can almost start to say the words right along with you? Yep. Our five-year-old son, he um, reads to our three-year-old daughter. Yeah, he reads to her all the time because he's memorized the books. Yes. And, you know, it's really funny I, because I haven't physically seen your book, and I really should buy it. I really should, I should add that to Amazon. It could be here tomorrow. Um, I used to say to my kids in Goodnight Moon, now, do you remember that book? Yep. Okay. So there was a mouse, and I would mm-hmm. say to them, where's the mouse? And it would be like they'd be looking all over. So do you take – like, no ants, please. Do you ever, like, engage the children that way by saying, can you find, you know, I haven't opened your book, but can you say, can you find the the ant or can you find the bluebird? Do you, do you engage them in that way? Oh, of course. Yeah, that's a big part of reading the stories to them is helping them see the learning parts of the book and helping them discover it and get them excited about it. And then would they perhaps what would what would be a um 
activity that you would do with, with your children or when you were in preschool after you read a book? Did you give, did they have an assignment of sorts? Uh, yeah, a lot of them. Um, so if you took Green Eggs and Ham, for instance, on Dr. Seuss Week, we would always read all those. Um, we would make little paper plates, Dr. Seuss hats, or paper plate Green Eggs and Hams and things like that. Um, with No Ants, Please, I actually have a couple coloring pages made. So they'll color the pictures and different things like that. Any little projects or crafts we can do to help them remember parts of the book, and it works on recognition and all that. Whoa, so within your book, there's an, an area where children could actually color. I have it on my Facebook page, yes. They can get on the, if face- they, or it's on, yes, and it's also on Pinterest. If they go on there, they can get the coloring pages off of that. Oh, Heather, I think that is so great. That is so terrific because that's that's just another element of how you can bring that to life for your Definitely. for your for your readers and your moms and dads. I think that's just that that's great. So taking us back to your journey of writing, what did you find that might have been the most challenging for you? Did what if you know in describing this whole process? Um well when I first started not knowing what to do, where to go, where to look, anything like that, uh, that was very ch- challenging. But once I found Vicki Weber, the editor, um, it was pretty smooth sailing after that until we got to the actual publishing part. Um, there's a few different ways if you're going to self-publish that you can go through. I went through Ingram Spark and KDP. And when you're going there and you're publishing your book through it, they ask you question after question. And it can be very daunting because a lot of the questions I had no idea the answers to. Thankfully, Vicki was ready to answer every question I had, um, and she helped me through it. But that part was the most challenging. I There is a lot of options for each book. So there's right. there's a lot that you have to go through and know. I, said, I heard you say the word each book. Have you written more than one book? So I have written them, but they have not been published yet. They, I'm still going to be releasing them and everything, yes. Terrific. Well, please, I will I will definitely want to know about that so I can let our listeners know. So in thinking about your process, mm-hmm. what did you enjoy most about writing? I love writing. I love writing little characters. I love writing every little bit of it. If I get an idea in my head, I'll sit down, and even if I don't have the whole story in my head, once I start writing, a lot of times it'll just kind of flow. There's only been a couple times where I've had to stop and rethink about what I wanted to say. Um, but as for the publishing part of all the writing, I loved watching the pictures come to life. As he would send me the pictures, that was just amazing watching it finally come to life and being able to show my kids each picture as it came out that was really wonderful yeah i i posted this one picture of of benny that i just i just adore that picture Uh, it is it's it's so joyful it is it is just so so joyful just the cover of your book alone looks like something that somebody would want hanging on their wall because it's just the I I love the colors. I love the 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 look of the, the expressions on each of their faces. It's just a really joyful. So you so you've got another couple of books in the work. Um yeah. um can you can you tell us um anything about them or is this something that you will have to keep to yourself at this point? So I've got the next one that I'll be publishing. Um, I don't have a title for it quite yet. Um, I created a launch team. So as it gets closer to the publishing, as I'm going through the publishing process, um, I'll be releasing things to my launch team, and then they'll be posting the different aspects of it. Um, They'll be posting the release date once I get one and everything that goes along with it. Um, I will tell you right now it is about another animal, and it's about an insect this time. Cool. So, you know, it sounds like you've got a team. And you you've got you've got you've got a public you've got Vicky, your editor, you've got Alexander, yes. your author, you've got a launch team. This is not this is not like just a walk in the park, is it? This this requires a lot of coordination, doesn't it? 
Yes, a lot of emails, a lot of phone calls, yeah. I would imagine. And you're also a student at the same time. Yep. And are you I I presume you're do I I presume you're doing online you're you're doing your credential online is that yes, how you're doing I'm, it? Yes, I'm doing the credential through online right now. I'm finishing that up and then I'm homeschooling both the kids through a charter school here. Whoa. So do you do you find time to sleep? Never mind. You you probably not, so I already know the answer. <laughs> My gosh. And you know it's it's really something. So I I I have a friend that teaches um kindergarten and um TK actually too and I know how hard it is to on Zoom because I I'm well, you're homeschooling right now, so you're you don't have to be concerned about getting your kids onto Zoom. No. So that that really must help, right? It does. We can do it at our own pace. Um our resource teacher that we have that comes in and checks on us she's been a family friend for a long time so we love having her help us with every part of it and it's going really smoothly and we're loving it that's 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 i'm sure well you know you have the background so you're a born teacher to start with what would your ultimate goal at some point when this is you know when we're out and about would be to teach at the elementary school level yes any particular yep. grade? I don't know if it'd be. I love kindergarten and I love fourth grade. Isn't that interesting? My God, they're so different. <laughs> they wow. are. I love kindergarten though. Um, it's so much fun, and watching my kids just get so excited about every little thing that they're learning is wonderful time. It's very exciting. And then fourth grade is so much fun. There's so many different things that they're learning about at that age, and. They're still in loving school. They're still excited about it. So it's a lot of fun. It's a good grade. It, you know something? Uh, you, you, you only, your oldest um, kid, oh, I, I've, I've, I lost his name in my head. What's your son's name? Yes. Uh, um, say again? George, that's right, George and Elizabeth. Um, yes. You, what, what's really interesting about what you said is that fourth grade, when my kids were going to school, was a very pivotal, pivotal, I should say, I want to say it correctly, pivotal mm-hmm. grade level because it was a real, it was it was a transition sort of like from younger elementary school to older elementary mm-hmm. school and sort of grasping all of these concepts along the way and now incorporating this into really what's going to transition them in the beginning time to middle school. And um, I happen to really love when my kids were in fourth grade as well. In fact, to this day, I am still in touch with my kids' fourth grade and sixth grade teacher from elementary school. Because you know what? Teachers next to parents and family, you know, grandparents and such, probably have some of the largest influences on our children's lives. Truly, and oh, I, yeah. I'm sure that don't you don't you feel that? I mean, can you think about? Do you remember your teachers when you were in school? I do. I remember a lot of them, and I've stayed in contact with several of them. Um, and I stay in contact with several several of the students that their parents that I've had in just in the preschool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, in the preschool, I presume is is. Closed? Would that be right? Your, your, the preschool is not operating. No, um, they're still open. Oh, they are able to still be open. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's 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 nice. I'm sure under very strict guidelines, undoubtedly. Yes, definitely. Yes, but you're not. You personally are not going there at this point because you're homeschooling your kids, no. and then you're also a student. Correct. You've got plenty, and you're writing books. So when you <laughs> were growing, yeah, like you don't have enough to do. When you were growing up. What were some of your favorite? I've talked to you a lot. I've I've been interjecting what my kids liked because I'm, I'm I'm excited about what you're doing so much because of the influence children's authors had in my family. So I'm just curious when you were growing up, what were your favorite books? What did you like to hear and read? There are so many of them. Um, three of them that really stand out, though, is one of them is the Tompton book. There's two of them. I believe the author is Astrid Lindgren, 
Um, it's a great winter book. It's so much fun. It's very enjoyable. My kids love it. It's one of my favorite books that has always stood out for me. Um, another is Chipmunk at Hollow Tree Lane. I believe the author is Victoria Sherwo. Um, that one's a wonderful book. Um, it's great. It teaches the kids about hibernation. It gets them into enjoying fall and teaches them what chipmunks need to do to prepare for winter. Um, it's just a fun and lovable book. Um, another one is the Jan Brett books. You can Did never you go wrong one more with time? a Jan Brett book. Jan Brett. She wrote okay. The Hat, The Mitten, and several others. Her books are okay. absolutely wonderful. Now, were those those so those books were around when you were a child? Those are books that you remember as a child? Yep, and I still have the same copies I had back then. I still have them now and read them to my kids. Isn't that – and tell me, because I, honestly I am listening, but I'm also taking notes. The very first <laughs> book you mentioned, you said something about Tolkien. Was that the name of the book? No, so it's called the Tomkin, T-O-M-T-E-N. Oh, the Tomkin. I'm so sorry, the Tomkin. Okay, I'll have to look that up because I'm not I'm not familiar with that. Um, and I'm it's going to be really fun. I'm I'm really excited for you when your launch team and everybody gets this together and you're publishing again to see if um, Benny will be in your next book. Uh, you mentioned that you can't really say too much, and you mentioned that there's going to be an ant, but can you just say if, can you I just tell us I definitely haven't closed the books on Benny. I would love okay. to do more on Benny's adventures. Um, I haven't written any more with him yet, but that's not to say that I won't write any more. Maybe down the road. So Yes. Yes, and I think that would be great. And, and you know, I'm just I'm just looking at your pictures. I'm just looking at this one picture of the giraffe, the anteater, Benny, the alligator. And it seems to me like all of these characters, all of these characters could have their own story. And maybe yes. I've thought this, you've clearly thought this. When, when I was in Africa, I came across the biggest, the largest, well, like, how, like how often would I come across an alligator anyway, frankly, but this alligator <laughs> was ginormous. And, and I, I like, I like photography, and, you know, Bird Brains is a very good place to post your bird photography. And I have a picture of this alligator whose mouth is about as wide open as a football field, and and then I've closed up on it, and, and people were saying to me, how close did you get to that thing? And I said, come on, I have a Zoom. I, I didn't get that close to it. I'm in a boat. Um, but, but, I mean... The look on this alligator's face, I thought, oh, my God, I could just only imagine. And, you know, the other thing about being in Africa, and I am sorry to take us back to South Africa one more time, but, it's, but it's, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the show about our love of birds. The amount of birds that you see on top of other animals, on giraffes, on hippos, Yes. They're 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 on all those animals. It is it is really striking to watch the combination. I would love to go birding in Africa. It would be amazing. Oh. And you know when you've got nothing but money, nothing but time, and you're not raising your children anymore because they're off to college, and now you have more free time. <laughs> another incredible place to go birding is Costa Rica. That probably oh I've heard. Was that really was pretty remarkable, but um, when you when you can see a a, a bald eagle at Victoria Falls um, in South in South Africa, well, no, that was in um, Zimbabwe. Um, you're just you're just awestruck, truly. But you know, because you love animals as much as you do, and it's been such a huge part of your life, and it's really been a huge part of my life since my husband's passed, that, that those animals are just absolutely a part of my life. And when my door is open and, and I have fed the birds and that means the crows come and wake up the whole neighborhood, um, uh, they're really part of me. I, I, I feel their energy. Um, I hear a song and I went, oh, that's Phoebe. Oh, 
that's the little dove. Oh, and and I would imagine that where you live, you must have that kind of same experience because you're you're not drowned out by traffic and you know you're more no. rural. Yeah. I'm assuming, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah, I imagine that's true. But does that mean that along the way that the coyotes and the other uh, animals are also out in your way as well? We we do. We have a lot of animals. We have the bobcat, the mountain lion, the bear, um, but we live more in town, so we don't have a whole lot right here. But as soon as you get to a little bit of the outskirts of town, you've got all of it right there. Yes, I bet. I want to talk about something that I think is really cool about you because you are really an interesting woman, and I mean that so sincerely with you're so genuine, and I, I so I like that so much about you. So I want people to know that you have a really cool website called Miss, I want to get this, I want to say this right, Miss Heather Reads, and you have a YouTube channel. You want to talk a little bit about Miss Heather Reads, because I think that's really neat. Yeah, so um, a few years ago, um, I've actually been asked several times by different parents, um, if I would ever record myself reading the stories to their kids. Um, they would go to bed at night and their kid would say, oh, well, you didn't read it like Miss Heather did, or that's not how Miss Heather says the book. And their parents have messaged me several times saying, hey, you should think about recording a video of you reading the book. And it just kind of, we took off from there. I decided one day to try it and it took off, and the kids love it. The parents love it. Um, it's very important for kids to hear you reading. It's great for their education, great for their minds, helps them get excited about loving books. Um, so it kind of took off, and we've just been doing it ever since. So if people – so I'm, I'm at your website right now, which if people are listening, and I've been talking so much about what that cover of your book looks like, you know, it, it is certainly um, – it is posted there. Um, if if people wanted to find you, and I see all your links are there, but if people uh, is is on is that um, is your link to YouTube is that on your he- on your website as well? Is that is that what's next to Facebook? Yeah, your YouTube um, link. Everything's on my website. You can get the links to um, purchase the book. You can get the links to um, go to my Facebook page, which is Miss Heather Reads, and it has all the videos on it, and it has science experiments. It has different writing prompts that we've done. We've done several things. Um, we've had a lot of homeschooling parents ask us for advice on activities to do with their kids, so I posted those. Um, all the links are on the website, and then the YouTube link is on there as well, and that has all of our videos of us reading the different stories. That is so terrific, Heather. Really, that is so that is so great. When we're going back to reading out loud. Why do you think that reading out loud is so important to children? It really helps them to get excited about the books when they see how passionate you are about reading, when they see how excited you are to go on another adventure through these books. It shows them that reading is fun. It doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be daunting. It gets them excited about learning to read. Um, it gets them excited about doing their book reports and all different school activities. Um, it's really good for their development. Um, it's just it's fantastic for them. They get to go into a new adventure every time they open one of their books. And I really want to help kids enjoy the reading and get excited about it. And your book is, would you, would, what was the age um, range that you would say that this is for? Um, probably about three to eight. Okay, three to eight. And have you ever listened to your husband read the book to your kids? Yes. <laughs> Why did you laugh? That's funny. Because he does. I don't know if you've watched the video. Um, he recently just, I got him to do the videos of him reading the books. He has a few that the kids just absolutely love hearing him read. He loves Halloween, and we have Halloween books. And the kids beg him to read it all the time. And when he does it, he is really great at doing different accents. So he reads the books and all these fun accents. He does all these fun different voices. And the kids love it. Oh, that is just, you know, it's funny. I was scanning very quickly through your YouTubes, and I saw this man. I, I didn't make the connection that that was your husband. That is, that's, that's really cool because men, 
read differently than women. They're dads. We're moms. You know, they just and they just do it different. It's good to see. Yeah, and it's good to see um, for kids. It's good to see guys reading. Um, a lot of times you'll they'll have their teachers or their moms or their grandmas reading. So it's really good for them to see a guy getting out there and reading the stories and being excited about the books as well. I I would agree, and I think it's it's kind of great for um, young boys to see yeah. men read books. Uh, I I I I'm trying to think if my if I ever recall my husband actually reading to my kids. I don't know. I don't. Re- I don't recall that he actually did this. But you know what he did do with the kids is he did do puzzles. You know, and I'm just honestly. I know I just keep saying this over and over again. But gosh, Heather, imagine what an incredible wood puzzle. I don't think they do wood puzzles anymore, but they certainly did when my kids were young. The cover of your book would make an incredible puzzle. That's funny that you you mentioned it. Actually, I recently um, looked that up, and we will be making it the cover into a puzzle. Oh, my gosh. Well, high five to you because (laughs) I I can see that as a puzzle. I really can. I can I thought see the it. Same thing. I got the idea when I was doing a puzzle with my kids, and I thought that would be really cool. Wow, that's neat. So we've heard all about these wonderful things that you do, because clearly it's out of joy. Uh, it clearly, it's out of joy. But what I'm curious to know is, with all that you do, and it's a lot, what do you do for Heather time when you just want to stay in balance with yourself? I love to craft. I love to bake. Oh. Um, I love to just be outside and with nature and, of course, the birding. Um, we have several animals, several pets, and I love being around them. So we just kind of take it one day at a time with all that. But that's what but, – but and I know that you're using the word they, but, you, but when, we, when we speak specifically about you, these are things that, that the crafting, like what, what kind of crafts do you like to yeah. do? Um, I like to make keychains and scrunchies, and I've tried all different things, baby bibs, all kinds of things. I just love experimenting with different crafts, and I love to try to do discover new little things to draw and sew and all that. That's cool. So you do draw as well then? Kind of. I try, but I'm not very okay. good at it. I like to do the well. sewing better. Okay, that's. But you know, I could. I. I'm. 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 I. What am I? I'm just like out here trying to sell your product. But I could imagine <laughs> you were talking about keychains. Just imagine what it would look like with Benny on a keychain. That's one I hadn't thought of yet. That oh, would there be you really go. Cute. Wouldn't that be cute? <laughs> that would be so cute. You know, even just the just the face, just from the neck forward of the giraffe. I mean, any of these things, these bluebirds, and this this little rat that's on the no ants, please. I'm assuming that that's a rat. Is that a rat? <laughs> a little shrew, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, that's what it's called, a shrew. Yeah. Well, anyway, I could imagine those being on key tank. And when you say you bake, so are you like the apple kind kind of baker, or are you the, the I'm going to make some chocolate chip cookies? Um, I try different things. I love to make pumpkin rolls. I love to make eclairs and macaroons. And I'm not Ooh. very good at the cake making, but I love to make the ra- macaroons. That's that takes a little bit of skill, doesn't it? <laughs> it's a lot of fun to do. There's a lot of different things you can do with them, so it's a lot of fun to just experiment with them. That's neat. And when you mention nature, clearly I know that that. Do you just ever just sit out there? by yourself and just breathe in that air and just soak that all in? Oh, always, every day. Is that part of a routine that you do for yourself for self-care? Yeah, I love just going out there when the kids are settled down after doing all their schoolwork. It's fun to just go out there and take a breath out there. I bet. And, you know, we've we've talked about everything that we see in the daylight. I mean, you mentioned the birding. Is there some really cool bird that you've probably seen recently that I'm going, whoa, I've never seen one of those? 
Um, like right now we have a lot of yellow rumped warblers in our yard, and those are always fun to see. The kids love watching them. They just kind of do flips and hops all over the yard. Um, the, right. My favorite bird, though, is the cedar waxwing. Oh, yes. And let me tell you, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I have, you know, I live in a big city. Uh, there are a lot of lights here because I want to talk about the stars and the moon next because clearly you have a better view than I do of that. But the cedar wax, is it, is it wax, waxing or waxling with an L? Wax wing. A wax wing, that's what it is, a wax wing. Yes. So across the street from me, you know, we don't have the fall foliage that you probably have where you are. So mm-hmm. the next best thing that we have here is um, the, uh, oh, my gosh, why did I just lose the name of that street? The amber. Um, that's what happens when you lose you lose your thought of a tree. Liquid amber. I knew it had amber in it. Liquid amber changes colors, and it has these awful pods that drop from it that we refer to as ankle busters. You don't want to step on one of those because you're going to lose. Right. But that's where they come every year. Maybe I even posted it on the bird brains. I didn't, and they come in a they come in a large group of 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 feeders. Uh, yes. Oh, the flocks, huge, huge flocks. But I want to tell you the craziest thing, Heather, the craziest thing happened when I was, I like to, I like to get out and walk and get away from the computer. And I always have my phone and I always have my camera. So I'm walking to the market, this little, you know, community market here in Westchester where I live. And I'm going, what the heck is that racket? Now, trust me, my neighbors are probably a little over the crows because I can have 25 or 30 crows on the lines in my yard taking the peanuts. I know it's annoying, but I I love watching them because they're so smart. They're so smart, they're those crows. They're extremely smart. They're really smart. We know that. But I'm thinking, what's going on? Well, right across the street from my local market is a middle school where my kids went. And there are a lot of really large maple trees. And the crows, and suddenly these wild parrots, don't ask me where they're from. I don't know why they're here. They are other parts of the city. I've seen them in Pasadena and in Manhattan Beach. It's not like I've never seen them in the surrounding communities, but not here in Westchester. And they are battling. It's the battle of the birds. The parrots and the crows. Each one of them wanted wow. that tree. And the racket, you could it was like holy cow. I mean, cars were pulling over and we're just watching this. Now, I can tell you who do you think won the who do you think won the the possession of the tree? Yes, they they the crows won. Yeah, they they crows <laughs> the crows did win. But we also know that if if you're a mockingbird you're going to chase that crow away from anything they're around, and that crow is going to leave because of it. The it's that pecking order. You, yes. Yes. It's always the craziest thing when the smaller bird takes control sometimes of the bigger bird. I don't, I, it's really interesting. Um, I've watched the crows chase the cooper's hawk. The cooper's hawk is is bigger, and yet the crows mm-hmm. feel like, you know, so it's it's a really interesting thing for people that love birds, and and watch that how how that all works that the that the smaller birds oftentimes chase the larger birds, but it it, it is it is joyful, isn't it, to watch the birds? That's amazing. I've never seen the parrots before. Yeah, and they're the they're the green ones. I I don't know what yeah. they're called. I I. They're they're loud. I've heard of them they're, being they're, down there, but no, I've never seen them. Yeah, but you know what you would have where you are that we rarely see where I am are the woodpeckers because you get the affiliated woodpeckers. Yep. Yeah, we get them. I haven't them. seen one of those, but we do have a lot of woodpeckers up here and a wide variety of them. Oh, you do? Yeah, they're 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 really cool. And it's funny, sometimes you'll be out walking, you know, I'll be out walking, and it'll be like early in the morning, maybe, you know, around 6 in the morning or something like that. And there are a lot of telephone poles around here, and it's like, I, my 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 ears pick up bird sounds just like yours. I, I hear a hummingbird before I see it. And mm-hmm. 
I'm thinking, holy cow, that is not a hammer. Nobody's hammering at 6 o'clock in the morning, Marsha. And I'm looking around and I'm going, oh, my gosh, look at that. It's a woodpecker. That's when you're really happy to have a camera that has a large zoom because you don't see them very often. And I'll tell you, I bet there's something else that you see that we don't see very often here, and that's owls. Do you do you see owls where you are? We do. We have a lot of owls around here. Actually, we have a great horned owl that hangs out on the telephone wires above our house. Oh, wow. That's, we also have you know, a lot of barn owls. When mm-hmm. you were when you were... When you were a child with all the ostriches, did you see a lot of owls then, too? I don't know how far you live now from where you lived when you were a kid. Right. We lived a little bit further out of town, um, kind of in the mountain area, Um, and we did. We had a lot of owls out there. We had an owl that lived in the tree right by my grandparents' house. Hmm. That's so interesting. That that's that, and is your husband also? You say, oh, you asked. You said, I believe. Did you say this, or did I just know that? I think you said it at the top of the hour. You met your husband in high school. So actually, um, he lived uh, in a different town, a couple hours north of here. Oh, I um, that's so wrong. Met one year when his mom used to be working at uh, um, RV park over there a little, like, recreation oh. area, and there was okay. camping. There was all kinds of fun stuff you could do there. And my family used to go there all the time, every summer. And we met when we were kids visiting over there. Um, we were both at the park. We were both playing in the pool, oh, all I that. See. He became friends with my brother. And then several years later, we met again when we were both in high school and just kind of took off after that. We just started texting and dating, and we had a little bit of a long-distance relationship for a while, and then Few years after we graduated, we got married. I see. So you know what? I know why I made the presumption that when you started dating in high school, somehow in my mind, because yes. I'm thinking you were at the same high school. You were not at the same high school. I get no. that now. But he was a friend of your brother's. Gosh, so you guys have really kind of grown up together, haven't you? Yes. That's nice. I could hear the smile in your voice when you said that. <laughs> I could. I could hear it. Well, it's this has been a lot of fun, Heather. It's been a lot of fun talking with you today. It's been um, great sharing stories. I want to thank you for allowing me to share so much about what I enjoy doing with you because, frankly, if it wasn't for the fact that we met on Bird Brains, you know, this wouldn't have happened, and we made that instant connection when that when that happened and that is the that's part of the joy and honestly it's why I do this every every week every week somebody else has a story to share and it's just it's just so positive and it's so important that given the isolation that so many of us are facing depending upon your lifestyle you know and where you live and what has reopened and what is not open and you know just you know just the simple things in life that that that's why honestly when somebody says to me when they ask me the question how do you balance what do you do marcia for balance besides taking a zoom yoga class which has been really good for me and just calming myself and taking those deep breaths when things might feel a little stressful. It's taking my camera for a walk. Heather, that's actually what I say. I'm not taking a dog for a walk. I don't have a dog. You know, you can take social distance walking, which I do, and there are certainly places that I love going. And I've certainly met a lot of people because of Instagram, because your generation loves Instagram. And if I'm going to want to be appealing to all 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 ages, all interests, all things that com- that um connect us, then I need to understand and do Instagram as well. And the, some of the photos that are on Instagram right now are so wonderful that I have I everything about me is born to talk except for my Instagram, which is called born to squawk. <laughs> and it started it started because of my love of birds and and so it is it's part of my hobby in finding balance in my life because like you I do love the animals I do love the birds I do love the flowers 
and I can just hardly wait for your next book to come out and and to to hear more about it and to and to share that with um with my listeners and i want I will make sure that when we conclude this show and um I post uh, a follow up blog, I will be certain to link all of your um areas well we'll take people certainly to your website and as you mentioned right there on the website it's so easy every single platform is listed there and people can find yes. you they can sit down they can look at your video they can see you reading you they can see what's your husband's name i forget jareth jareth okay yes um okay so you can hear jareth read and you know, maybe one day, maybe one day we'll listen to George read. Hey, that'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> he would love it. Wouldn't that be so fun to George reading to Elizabeth? Oh God, that would be great. Well, I he just want to thank. Um, yeah, he did a little interview about no ants, please, and about the animals. Is that on? Is that on your YouTube? It's no, it's not on the YouTube. Um, I did have it on my page though. Okay, I will have to go and check that out. You know how Facebook and the algorithms, sometimes you just miss things. I just need to get back into following you more closely because I want to see I want to see that happen. But I just <laughs> once again, I just I just want to thank you for spending this hour for me. You you've started my week off with a smile on my face and I hope I've put one on yours as well. You have definitely. Well, I'm going to let you do your routine, check on your kids. They've been so quiet. That's so nice. And I look forward to having everybody join me again next week when I'm going to have a woman by the name of Deb Landry on my show. And um, it just the it just keeps happening week after week. So I'm going to say goodbye for now. Thank you, everybody, for joining me, following me, and and being part of my Monday activity because it really means a great deal to me. And I'll see you again next week. Bye for now.